And we are live with one of the best Inter fans accounts. You name it. Uncle Sharma is live with us today. And he is taking the reins from Alex Donald because he has a afternoon pod that he's preparing. It's called that North American garbage sports that a lot of people in, in Europe really don't care about other than NFL, but uh, we here do not give a crap about that. We're we're all, well, not we're, not me personally, but we're here to talk about Inter, Napoli, and I got the right guy here, Uncle Sharma, and I think let's go right into it, and I'm going to ask you right off the bat, big game, how does Inter approach this game this weekend? Because Napoli have yet to lose a game this year and one of the most informed teams i would say milan's probably a a a step above them if anything but yeah i think this is napoli's first big test this year and um how do you how do you see inter approaching it yeah first of all thank you thank you for having me on and uh feeling uh alex donner's uh you know it's it's, it's a big uh, it's a big hole to fill but you know i haven't got the same that baritone, beautiful voice that Alex has, but I'll try to, uh, you know, be a good substitute. Uh, try to be the Tuku Korea of the situation, you know, super sub. Um, yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match. It's an exciting match, big match. Um, and yeah, as you said, you know, Napoli undefeated at the moment in the league. Uh, you know, they've done really, really well. So it's uh, I'm quite nervous about the match going into it, but also confident because we've been, we played well pretty much every single big match. We just haven't got the result. So I just feel like this could be this could be the right one. You know, there's fifty thousand coming at the San Siro. It's gonna be nice, you know, atmosphere. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm confident going into it. Even though, which we'll talk about the injuries, international break injuries, all that kind of stuff. But I'm feeling nervous but confident. And I think that the biggest question is the big difference here is Simone Inzaghi replacing Antonio Conte. And do you feel that? He- Given how the season's gone so far, how would you kind of rate his season? And do you think he can get the upper hand on Spalletti on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, no, Nzagi for me has done he's done quite well. I, I think he's he's gone above expectations in terms of what I expected. I really thought, you know, we gave him a hard hand to <laughs> when he came in. You know, Lukaku leaving, Hakimi leaving as soon as he came in. So. Um, you know, all the drama, let's not forget the, all the drama going off the field in terms of the Sooning situation as well. It's not easy to to manage all that. Oriali left as well. Ericsson is also, you know, a big loss as well. So I think he's managed it quite well. Um, you know, maybe at the beginning that we were leaking a few more goals than I was hoping, but he sorted that out already in the last few matches. And um, yeah, as I said, um, the performances have been there. The chance creation has been there. So there's a lot of parallels to the start of last season with Conte, which was, you know, we were always saying like, you know, we're creating chances, we're not taking them. So yeah, Inzaghi can't go out on the pitch and take the chances for the guys. So he's done. He's done a good job until now. And uh, you know, we know these guys don't really get much training time anyway because of these international breaks. So I think he's done well. But this is another test. He's kind of failed the big match test until now, but. He has to he has to pass this one. He has to he has to get one over the line. You know, Atalanta we failed, Juventus we failed, Milan we failed, Lazio we failed, and uh, yeah, so we have to obviously get this one in the bag. Yeah, you know it's it's crazy how 
he with Lazio was always good in the big matches. That's that's the crazy part where he other than he beat Milan last year, he managed to I think he draw Inter, he drawed uh Juventus, but he beat Atalanta. So in, in recent seasons he's always been able to kind of have his team ready against the bigger clubs and and one one player who I'm kind of I'm surprised who doesn't get enough starts is Joaquin Correa. Um I I I think he's a good player. On on, on his best days, he's probably the best player in or top 5 given if he's playing at his best. But do you think that maybe he slots in on Sunday and we start to kind of see that 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 form that we're waiting for for, for Inter fans or does does he go with a curveball or something different? Because the number nine spot's really tricky because you got Sanchez who's out for almost 20 days, I believe. And who knows about Jekko? So it seems as if Joaquin Correa might is in is in spotlight now. Yeah, yeah. Tuku is definitely in the in the spotlight, but it's 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 hard, you know. I say I'm the same as you, you probably expected him to have a bit more playing time uh-huh. because but I think maybe we look too much at the price tag in the end because you know uh, the 31 million is a, is a big price tag. But at the end of the day, Lautaro and Jeku are the starting two strikers, so he's he's behind them in, in the hierarchy. Um, but if Jeku is not 100% fit uh, on Sunday, I, I wouldn't risk him. I don't want to. I don't like how reliant Inter are already on Jeku. And when we signed him, I thought, well, you know, instead of Correa, I thought we were going to go for like another proper striker. But then obviously Inzaghi wanted to Correa really badly. Um, and Jekyll, 35 years old, he's 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 another one that's gone above expectations, the you know, top goal scorer, but also everything else that he does, you know, in terms of bringing people into play. But I don't like how reliant we are on this on this guy. And he got injured in the derby because this guy, we've been squeezing everything out of his 35-year-old legs. Like he doesn't have that in him. Uh, you know, he's already on the declining phase physically, obviously. So if he's not 100 percent fit, I don't want to risk him because we still have we can't forget now. This is a very busy month ahead. We've got Shakhtar. Um, on Wednesday in the Champions League after. So that's another must-win match because Inter have to win that to to progress to the next stage. And then, you know, the games are coming thick and fast. Um, so the rotation has to come in play at some point. So I'd rather go for that, you know, Cola partnership that we haven't really seen until now. The Lautaro, Correa, we hyped it. I definitely hyped it. But when, when Correa came in, I thought, you know, that Argentinian connection maybe the duo they seem to link up all right when they play for argentina but we haven't really get to got to see it shout out lord figo as well my guy um yeah so if jago's not 100 fit start correa because he deserves he deserves some minutes you know after that two goal performance against udinese he doesn't he, he, he didn't yeah he only got the few substitute minutes didn't he against the uh, milan so and for argentina he only played like a few Substitute appearances as well over the last week or so, so he's going to be fresh and ready to go. I know that people say don't look at the price tag, but when you're paying over 30 million and you have requested for a player, it's as an inter fan, I'm sorry, that that's got to be frustrating because top, like a guy like Igletade gets really criticized, ridiculed for, for a lot of his signings, but at the end of the day, there are players that Inzaghi wanted. Mohamed Fadis is an example where he wanted him. And guess what, though? By the end of the season, he's only playing, what, 500 minutes? And it's like, 
how does Beppe Marotta now trust Inzaghi the next time he he requests a player? He's going to say to him, hey, buddy, you wanted Correa. He's rotting on the bench. If we wanted to sell this guy tomorrow, we're lucky if we can get half the price back. So, yeah. We well, also remember that he has injuries as well. Like he had a couple of injuries. He went out to Argentina duty a few months back and he got injured. And it's just, it was the same thing with Sanchez. Like they both, Sanchez showed really good things in, when he was when he was playing the substitute minutes and then he started against the, uh, was it Empoli and he played really well. But then he doesn't, he, it, as I said, the starting duo is Jekyll Lautaro. So it's hard for them both. And now Sanchez is injured again. It's, another, it's just a, the loop of his, of his career. So I just hope Tuku can stay fit at least until you know for the next few months you're right but i think it's more frustrating when he was healthy and he should have been playing more in order to help Checo kind of balance his minutes um this is the this is the inzaghi problem where he he leans on the same players until they're 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 <laughs> dust and then it's like okay all of a sudden what, what do we do man like I, I am shocked because we had two quality strikers at Lazio or in, in Caicedo and Correa, and he kind of rotated them both pretty evenly. And I'm shocked to see that he hasn't done that with Inter, where the, the, the excuse of we don't have depth anymore is no longer valid for him. That can't be an excuse for him anymore. And, and he yeah, has but going, coming into the season, you know how it was with Lautaro. He's after Lukaku leaving, they rejected the big money offer for Lautaro from the Premier League. And they're giving him this new big bumper contract as well. He's the he's the main guy now, even though he's clearly out of form. So I think he's he's clearly he's his, that's his striker striking duo at the moment. But I feel like Lautaro should be dropped now because of his form. You think he's that bad lately, eh? I don't think he's that bad. But as you said, we've got depth now. We've got options yeah. there. So uh, the Correa is ready. He's raring to go. So I think if he's you know put it put him in. You know, Lautaro, and that's a, I always say that even when Lukaku was there, I always used to say when there's bad periods of form, no player should have their place guaranteed in the team. You should always feel like there's someone behind them. You know, obviously with Lukaku, there was no one there apart from Pinamonti, but here we now we got options. So if Lautaro's not performing, Jacko's not performing, anyone out, and then you know that's that's a little signal that you know you you need to improve. Now, who who do you guys play midweek in in Champions League? If you don't Shakhtar. Shakhtar, okay, that's oh yeah, that, that's a team that you guys can't beat for some reason, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty shocking. But do you think that the Champions League will have an effect on Sunday's game, and maybe they're thinking two steps ahead and not really thinking about the current moment? Because, because at the end of the day, Inter are, are in a good position in the Champions League. And, and I'm tired of people having to say that Inter hasn't made it past the, the round of uh, the group stage in the last three seasons. Well, at the end of the day, Champions League is not a bunch of Europa League teams or are playing scrubs. Okay, guys? Let's, let's it is get true, straight. though. It is, it is getting a bit embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but at the end of the day, you're, they're always in a good group in, in respect to them. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're playing a bad group. Like yeah, Lazio, as, as Milan, as Milan find out, found out yeah. this season. Well, Lazio got lucky last year because we got we got drawn into a very balanced group to them, so that's why we we were able to get out of the group stage. When you have Club Bruges and you got uh, Borussia Dortmund, which they they proven they're not an elite team. They're they're a, a good team, but not elite. And then you had, I forgot who else you had in the group, another... Is it Genk? Oh, Zenit, oh, no, Zenit. No, no. Yeah, Zenit. Zenit, yeah. And then you go look at Inter's group, 
and it's like you got Madrid and you got Shakhtar and you and, and, okay in respect Shakhtar was good the last two seasons a significant drop off this year but um it, it happens but do you I think that Inzaghi may be approaching this game already because of the injuries um like how, how do you think like what do you think yeah, I think this match, I think because it's such a big match, I don't think he's going to think about the Champions League yet. And I hope the players are not thinking ahead to the Champions League match because we, yeah, this is a this is a big, big match. Like if we win this, it changes everything. It gives us a big boost. Um, but I think, yeah, going forward, as I said, because the next match afterwards in the league, I think it's, it's Venezia. So you can maybe rotate start mm-hmm. to rotate some players in, in, in the coming matches. But in this one, I think you, you have to go full out. Um, and then in the Champions League match, I think you you can rotate one or two players here and there, but it's uh, you have to you have to win that one as well. And then you got Gerald who says call up Sakiriano. Um I'll I'll shoot this right now. It's not happening because because we got a guy named Raul Maro, 18 years old, who never got a chance last year into the last game. And, and and me and Sharma always talk about this, and I know people say to me he doesn't suit a three-five-two, but when you're playing Marco Parolo and Sena Lulic the last six games of the season, and they're thirty-seven hundred years old, and you're not giving a kid an, a chance when you're not you got nothing to play for, you've already confirmed that you're sixth place. You're not going up. You're not going down. To me, Satriano is not going to get a chance. And, and if he does, it'll probably be like a rare 10 minutes off the bench, if anything. Um, that's the, the one glaring issue with with Nzagi is that he doesn't give young players a chance. And maybe Satriano should be giving a chance with with the injuries that they're given. Like maybe he comes in, he plays 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like like how Mauricio Sari has done with Raw Morrow this season. He said it already. You don't put a player in and, and, and and, and just throw him like he, you're putting him in the deep end if you, you're to start an 18 year old right from the start. But if you can work him in, they slowly, gradually get built into the city. Uh, they understand the fundamentals. They start to feel more comfortable. And then you can say, hey, you go from 15 minutes to 25 minutes and, and incrementals. So, yeah. so for you, uh, do you think Santiano could probably see Sunday as a possibility, or maybe maybe Venezia as a choice? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's just it's not even Zaghi. I would say a lot of Italian coaches are similar in that in that sense. Um, but yeah, so because Sanchez is out, so now we have to. I think Satriano will be called up. Yeah, well, he has to be called up because he has to make up the the four strikers. So yeah, you need, we saw he he got a few minutes here and there. I believe it was against Genoa. I think he got some minutes. But I always said the guy should have gone out on loan. It's a it's a shame. He should have just been loaned out. Um, and he because he's not the young, he's young, but he's not the youngest for the primavera. I think he's 20, 21 already, so he's not oh, wow. you know as young, young. So he should already be you know playing proper football. So I feel I feel like his the development is going to be a bit stagnated this season. So yeah, Inzaghi was the youth coach. He that's how he basically became a better coach. To be honest, is because he went through the the ranks and and the in the early season, I think the first two seasons, he really gave players a chance uh guys like murja were, were playing consistently um and then all of a sudden like he he kind of drifted off and became more dependent on certain players i don't know if it was just the fact that he kind of drifted his approach but um yeah 
and, and it's funny because it was something that he was known for to, to kind of get the best out of young players in his early time, like when he first started. So it, it's kind of frustrating to see when managers don't give young players a chance, um, but it is what it is. But um, what else? Oh, Spalletti makes his grande return to the San Siro. I hope this guy doesn't get booed. Personally, I would be shocked if he even did get booed. Mm-hmm. What kind of reception do you think he'll get? And uh, think you think he'll like just like make Napoli lose on purpose just as a center? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that would be nice. But I don't think he. I don't think he's like a. I think he's a Fiorentina fan actually. For Spalletti, I think he's brought up in that Florence oh. area. So I think he's a big Fiorentina fan. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope he gets a good reception. As you said, like I think he he deserves a good reception. The work that he did at Inter two seasons. You know, he put the base for Conte's team after coming in. You know, we, he brought us back to the Champions League, handled the Icardi drama, handled, you know, all that stuff that was going off the field. You know, his boy Raja is, you know, there was lots of... If, if Amazon made a documentary of those two years of uh, Spalletti Inter, it would be a blockbuster. It would be one of the best uh, pieces of uh, TV ever made. But um, yeah, I love the guy. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, how much I love uh, Spalletti, always pushing my Spalletti propaganda. And I'm happy to him for him to be doing well at Napoli at the moment. Um, and yeah, I hope uh, the Inter fans give him a good reception, man. He deserves it. And we, we see that Napoli, we, said, we mentioned earlier that Napoli's unbeaten. Like, it seems as if no one's able to beat them right now. Do you think this is just a, a moment of brilliance and they'll come back to life or do you think that napoli is really a team for real that is competing for a scudetto and inter needs to keep their guard up on sunday oh yeah need to definitely need to keep the guard up there they're, they're definitely you know a strong contender at the moment where you know what a quarter we passed the quarter point of the season so you know it's not, it's not even just the the beginning of the we're getting into the meaty part of the season um but yeah, we've seen that with Spalletti in the past, like with Inter, there was a in his first season, we had a very similar start where we were first for a while and we conceded very, uh, I think he only conceded six goals until this point. Like they've conceded only four goals until now, which is crazy. And then there seems to be, you know, because he's he's not the most flexible coach in terms of he's always pretty much going to be the 4 2 3 1. So at some point, if when they do get found out, which will happen at some point or some people figure them out it seems he's not usually the most flexible so it would be interesting to see if he if he has a, the, his team has as a bad of a downfall as his inter teams used to have because we used to have this kind of we used to call it the winter uh you know uh, disease that we used to have into like uh, every by december january used to be just so bad like the team used to just fall off the face of the cliff so um yeah let's see if he if he can keep his team more consistent but is that, that Napoli team is, is always been you know complete and I always thought it's ready made for his four two three one and you know it's proven that, that he is uh, you know perfect for that team and the mentality as Koulibaly talked I saw his interview today that he talked about how he's changed the mentality of the team um, and that's what he did at Inter as well but yeah they're the real deal but they haven't played any big team yet as you mentioned earlier so this is the first real test of napoli so we don't really know what napoli are like we know what milan are like in the big matches that's why as you said we'll probably put milan just ahead of napoli at the moment because they passed all the big match tests until now so we'll see 
or Napoli or this Napoli team is made of. That's right. I, I, I like to rephrase what I like to just repeat what uh, Sharma said. The biggest test so far, because Juventus doesn't count because they were missing half their squad. Let's be realistic, guys. Yeah, it was I, it was I, a it was a weird Juventus yeah. at, that, at that moment. It was still in a you know a bad phase. Yeah, let's 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 be realistic. You know, and no disrespect to Napoli, they got the win. So no. credit to them. They did what they had to to win the game. But I think Inter will have their players or they'll have their squad ready. This won't be the same setback like Lazio were pretty fortunate when they played Inter as well because they were missing players on the second international break. So I think at this time around, this is a true test for, for Napoli. And in the next couple of weeks, they got some big games. They got Lazio the week after. Um, they still got Milan, I think, late in December. They still need to play Atalanta. So in the next, what, I would say two months, let's just say theoretically, um, Napoli is going to be really tested. And then we'll know if this team is really for real because they haven't played anybody big. And, and, and But they're doing what they have to. They have to win yeah, the yeah. points. To, to and and let's see what they do in the Europa League as well because if they – if they well, it looks like they're going to go through, so that's probably going to affect them going forward as well. Then I think it would have been good for them to just uh, focus on the Serie A. But yeah, yeah, I would. I think it's the opposite for me in Lazio. I think Lazio needs to progress in the Europa League and go as far as they can because I personally think they they have a chance in the Europa League and they can do damage as the season progresses. They're adapt under sorry, whereas Napoli, I, I think. They, there is no progression. They're already there because he's mm-hmm. his formation is is it has the players around him already. He has everything in place. So I don't know why they're not tanking Europa League and just going straight for the Scudetto in the situation they're in. Um, if they do advance to the Europa League uh, group, the group stage, uh, sorry, the uh, the next round, big mistake, like big mistake. But I have other news to ask now, and it's mm-hmm. Stefan De Vrij, and I call him De Vrij. And uh, do you? I I, I I would be shocked, but do you think he he leaves into this summer? Because the, the the conversation or the rumors always now is like he's leaving this summer, and I'll believe it when I see it. And we said on the phone today, Newcastle is, is a is a rumor. I I'd be shocked if he went to Newcastle, and that's a massive massive downgrade. Like Newcastle's still in a rebuild mode. Don't get me wrong; I know they have oil money, but you still got to put the pieces in place. And I think that, do you think basically does De Vrij leave or or does he stay another season with Inter? It's a, it's a difficult one, but his, his contract situation is is not, you know, urgent because it's not, it doesn't expire at the end of this season, but it expires at the end of next season. And he's what, 29, 30 years old now. So he's the, he's the oldest one in the, in the, in the starting back three. Uh, and we got him on a free transfer from you guys. Thank you very much. And so his his cost on the books is nothing. So everything we would, if we sell him, every you know it would be pure profit on uh, on the Vrai. And his agent is Mino Raiola now, uh, which also means that is that does that mean he's going to ask for a lot of money, or is is going to be um, is it going to be a big commission? You know, you know how what Mino's like. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the easy. And I've always said I think he's the one I would sacrifice as well out of the back three. I don't want to see Skriniar leaving for sure. I don't want to see Bastoni leaving for sure. 
I don't want to see the Rye leaving, but if it has to be one of them and in our financial situation, I think it does make sense if, you know, a decent offer from, you know, Premier League comes in probably to to sell the Rye. And you, I think in that position as well, the centre, one of the three, is the most protected out of the three, so to say. Um, and I think it's, it's one of the positions where we could probably potentially find, you know, good replacements for for decent amount of money. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. Well, for Leipzig to give him on a free, uh, I, I I don't get mad at that. I I, I love how how Lazio fans say that Inter stole Lazio players. At the end of the day, your your owner and your sporting director should sell him before he goes on a free, or else don't cry about it and don't make it an issue that they steal our players. I can understand if you think that maybe a Korea type of thing was a stolen. I still don't even think so. No, that, we did not steal Korea. That's 31 million. <laughs> we, we overpaid, if anything. That That's what kills me, is that I have to see that now. Luis Felipe might go to Inter. Well, guess what? It's it's part of the game. Why are we waiting till two more months to, to sign this guy? You know what I mean? Why are we waiting now when, when we had last year to sign him? The year before. Like that's So the, the, there's a good where Luis Alberto, Savage, Immobile, our, their contracts are locked up long term. They do a good job there, but then they neglect the rest of the team. So it's like there are another ten more players you got to worry about. So, but uh, I I would for one I would sacrifice to Rye for 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 multiple reasons. Inter needs money, and sometimes the wages. He's gonna want at least five and a half million to fry. I don't know what he's making right now. I'll, I'll just go off the top of my head. Probably four and a half million he's making. I would say no, less than would, that. Oh, he's making less than that. Yeah, but he'll probably want a pay increase. Let's just say it from there. Oh yeah, yeah. So can can Inter afford it when they're they're trying to negotiate Brozovic, and now Milan Skriniar is apparently going to get a new contract. I think that's the smart de- decision. He's younger, like you said. He, he, he's captain material, could possibly be the next captain of Inter. He's the backbone of that, of that back end. I think he's more important than De Vrij. Um, what his physicality and his decision-making, and, and, he, and he's versatile. He can play in a back three now. He can play in a back four. He, he's so, he can play in either or. I don't think De Vrij plays in a back four personally or has before. He's always custom just to a back three. So imagine if he had to go from a back three to a back four in a situation. I think it would be hard for him maybe to adapt a little bit. Yeah. Or t- no, or he played time. at the beginning. Spalletti's first year. Uh, okay. Spalletti's year. And then for, for Holland as well now, for the Netherlands, he plays in the okay. back four with Van Dijk. Okay. But then you got Bastoni, who's the future. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to lose this guy. And if you were to lose him, you can get a pretty penny. So it doesn't... It doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, like you said, Mino Raiola, like you, you think he's going to get what he wants with Beppe Marotta? This is this is not Milan, okay? This is Inter, and Inter are going to put their guard up and say, hey, we want this, 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 and that. If you don't like it, there's the door. Marotta knows what he's doing. Like that, That's a bona fide sporting director, okay? And, he, and he's not going to get fleeced by Mino Raiola. And I, I think for Inter's sake, they want to avoid Milan's kind of way of losing players for nothing. Um, I guess Gigi Donnarumma and and Frank Kess, and uh, Hakan Chananoglu, it, fine. 
you lost them on a free, but they helped you get to the Champions League. You can use that excuse once, but you can't use it twice with Frank mm-hmm. Kessier. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna lose Frank Kessier for nothing when you can get 35 million probably for him. Like it's, this is this is absurd, man. Like and, and especially when you need money. Like you, you, Winter Scudetto Champions is nothing. It, it, there's more to it now. You know what I mean? Like I can see this team dropping off out of nowhere, but it is what it is. And do you think Bar- Bar- is Brozovic going to happen, or do you think does that fall apart out of nowhere? <laughs> I don't know. We saw today there was that screenshot from uh, Fabrizio Biazin who DM'd Brozovic, and he replied. Brozovic replied that yes, I do. My 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 wish is to stay at Inter, and I think. With Brozovic, I'm quite confident, but in football now, you, we know, we just never know, and you can never always believe what players are saying, like, you know. But, yeah, with Brozovic, his his agent is his dad. So, uh, to me, that's a sign that if you have, you know, your dad is your agent and you know you don't have one of the big boy agents, that means, that to me means that you're not really looking to leave your, and from what I understand, he's, you know, and you can see on his social media, but obviously you can't always make everything out from the social media, but he looks comfortable in Milan. He's got, you know, his family in Milan. Um, you know, his, that, that apartment that he has looking, overlooking the San Siro with the swimming pool. Uh, it's just, he just seems like he's enjoying himself and he's, he's become a leader of this team. And, you know, we're, we're not too far off from what I understand in terms of wages. He's looking for around, you know, six, seven million net. Apparently we've offered five plus bonuses. So the, the gap isn't, you know, astronomical. So it just depends on, if he can meet us halfway. So I'm, I'm quietly confident on the Brozovic front. No, I, I don't know. No one's going to like my take, but you take out Brozovic in that midfield and that midfield goes from an A plus to a B minus. I'm sorry. Like, well, it depends. Well, it depends who you replace him with. Obviously, if you, if you take him out of this squad with well, who we have now, there's no, yeah, no one else yeah. can play the Brozovic role apart from Barella, but then who the hell is going to play the Barella role? So, it depends who you replace Brozovic with. And I've always said that you could probably, you know, find someone that's, you know, better in different ways. But the thing with Brozovic is he, he does so many things well. Like he's, he's a bit of an all-rounder, but maybe not a specialist. Like he he, he covers ground like no other, number one in the Serie A for kilometers covered. And he also has improved his tackling and defensive ability, which is not his best part, but he's improved it a lot over the years. His reading of the game, his passing is top-notch. He also contributes with goals and assists uh, here and there with decent set pieces as well. So he's just he's a, he's a bit of an all-rounder. Um, and then obviously in that position as well, if you go out and try to buy you know, a good player, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So that's why it makes a lot of sense to just renew Brozovic at 29 years old. I think that if you take out Brozovic, and it's true, you don't know who he's going to be replaced with, but I'm, I'm going to just just be open-minded and think that whoever they get will not be as good as Brozovic because Brozovic is like a top. I would say he's the best CDM in Syria, like the best. Like there, anybody who argues that he's not has to get a reality check. He's more important than Barella. Okay, that's how crazy I, I think this is. Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. If if Barella's out of the lineup, I think they can survive. If you take out Brozovic, they can't survive because defensively. He he's the fourth fourth man back. He is a wall. Okay, he can make timely challenges, like you said. Offensively, he can he can contribute at any time, any will. 
Like, let's be honest. And just just centrally, he, he covers a lot of ground, you said. So, and I, and I love Barella, but I think that Barella is more of a one kind of way player where I, I don't watch all the time Inter, but when I do watch, I think he offensively, I give him the edge over over Brozovic. But that, that Brozovic can do that too. Like his defensive game, Barella, I'm, I'm not sure if it's if it's good as Brozovic's. You know what I mean? So, but I think you know. I think Barella could play. Uh, you could play that role. Like if you play Barella in that role for a year, like as you know, once you decide that you're going to play him there, I think Barella would be fine in that position as well. Um, and Brozovic used to be a mezzala. He used to play the Barella, Barella role. And then Spalletti, he's the one who changed. You know, he's the one who found Brozovic this role. You know, before Brozovic was, you know, this kind of box to box midfielder, attacking mid. Like he, he didn't really have a proper position. Um, he used to be very inconsistent. So. Yeah, we have to give a shout out to Spalletti that he's pretty much saved his career. Mr. Spalletti, man, saving people's lives. Lives matter. <laughs> saving lives matter. What else do I have for you? Hold on. Um, I think that's about it, man. Um, anything else? Oh, Chuck. Oh, you know, let's go off topic here. Chucky Lozano. What did you think about can his you, comments? Can, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I've just unplugged my headphones and I'm putting my charger in. Uh oh, we we. Hold on, all right. There you go. Okay, Spalletti. I mean Spalletti. Uh, Chucky Lozano. What did you think about his comments about how he would would like to play for a bigger team, and then all of a sudden today he has to go and apologize for his comments? Um, you think that's gonna fuck yeah. him up now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Napoli fans are so they were killing the guy quite rightly. Um yeah, it's pretty I don't know I don't know how correctly uh, translated it was to be honest. So I'm not sure if his words were taken out of context or anything, but I was pretty cheeky from him and quite you know, I'm sure if I was a Napoli fan I would be fuming because you're basically saying that Napoli is a stepping stone club. Um and I don't think I've always I've never really been a fan of Lozano. Like last year he improved a lot. Uh, he and I thought he was like proving me wrong because I just I didn't rate him even when Napoli signed him for like and he was an expensive signing for Napoli like 35 40 million euros like that's a big big signing for Napoli and then didn't really work out until last season and then yeah this year he's been okay-ish he's had injuries but he's been okay so I don't know I don't think I don't think he's a big big club type of player to me I don't think he's that good so he's a bit out of line for me those type of comments okay and what are, what are the what are the injuries for Inter this weekend? Like the overall injuries, are they are they significant? And do you think they'll have an impact this weekend on on the match? Like how how do you? I'm not sure if we talked about this already, but like how do you how do you see Inter lining up against Napoli? Yeah, I think it's going to be De Vrij is definitely out. Speaking of De Vrij, we talked earlier. He's definitely out because of his uh, injury with the Netherlands. And uh, he probably is going to miss the Shakhtar match as well. Um, so he's going to be a big miss. So it'll be interesting to see who replaces him. Because obviously, if well, it will be Osiman playing up front for Napoli. You know, he's got pace, physicality. You know, he's in great form at the start of the season. So um, the rise is going to be a big miss. And, you know, is it going to be Ranocchia stepping in? Uh, <laughs> which doesn't give me too much confidence if he's 1v1 against, the, against Osiman in, in open space. Um, but there's also talks of uh, potentially putting Bastoni in the De Vrij role and putting Di Marco as the left centre-back, which we've seen this season in Zaghi do. 
which doesn't also give me too much confidence. Uh, what I would like to see happen is Skriniar playing in the middle of the three, which I don't understand why even Conte never gave him the chance there, because I feel like Skriniar could be just as good as De Vrij in that role, because he's got the ball-playing ability. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the, the reading of the game as much as De Vrij, but I think he could develop it. And I would rather see you know someone like D'Ambrosio coming in, right centre-back, and keep Bastoni at the left centre-back position. I feel like that would be more solid in my eyes. And then my second choice would be Ranocchia um, rather than Di Marco. This Di Marco in the back three just doesn't give me the confidence yet at the moment. It's just too small and defensively I'm not convinced on him in that position. Um, yeah, and then elsewhere, um, Sanchez is definitely out as well as we discussed. He got injured for Chile. Jekyll so is going to be, is there, that's a doubt. He he was injured at the, in the Milan derby. But he's, he didn't play for Bosnia, so he's had you know two weeks now to get ready. And it looks like he could be ready for it. But as I said earlier at the start, I don't want him to start if he's not fully fit. Uh, Lautaro had a little injury for Argentina, but apparently it's not serious, so he'll he'll probably start. Um, and everyone else, uh, I think I think it's fine. Bastoni recovered from his injury as well, so he should be fine. So yeah, overall it started. It was quite bad at the beginning a few days ago when we got all those injuries, but it seems like. Is not too bad at the moment. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. D'Ambrosio is is a guy who I would trust more because he's been in that that position. He's played in the back three, whereas Demarco, I think he's he's good offensively. Can't take that away, but defensively, I think that's a big issue for him. And, and it's the same with Dumfries, where I think that he can he can attack. That's not the issue. It's more of like what Hakimi had to go through, where. He had to understand when to get back, where to be, where to transition, like understanding like his role, right? Um, it takes time more for Dumfries. Uh, I would would have thought that Demarco would would have, would have kind of picked up more easier playing in City A. I guess that's not hasn't been the case, but uh, I agree with you. Well, Perisic, uh, Perisic has been in such good form though; you just can't drop him at yeah, the moment. That well, it's a good option to come up, have off the bench, right? And and mm. do you do you see Dumfries maybe playing this weekend, or or do you do you stay away and kind of not use him in this in this key matchup because of what has happened in the past matches of in his key situations, right? Where there have been some mistakes, and it's not on him. I'll 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 be the first to admit this is not this. It, he needs time. You can't expect a guy to to adapt to the city A in five matches. Like he's coming from the Dutch league to to an Italian league where it's much, much different. Like it takes a lot of time to, to basically say, Hey, you know what? He's got it now. He needs a full season. I, I would say to, to kind of understand how to play the Italian style of football. But yeah. Yeah, no, I've in the big matches at the moment. Yeah. I'm not really confident in Dumfries yet. Um, I think he does need some time. But he's up against, you know, Insigne and Mario Rui on that side, which are probably going to be the starters for Napoli on the left-hand side. Um, and I could see him, you know, having some joy with Mario Rui, who's not the best defensively. And obviously, physically, it's like a complete mismatch between Dumfries and Mario Rui um, and Insigne as well. But Darmian just gives you the, that bit more confidence defensively. So I think, yeah, you just have to go with Darmian at the moment. And he has been performing quite well, Darmian. Can't underestimate Murray Rui though. I think this has been his one of his best seasons in a long time. Like he's oh been, yeah, he's been 
really rock form. Like he's an, a lot of Napoli fans still criticize him, but I, I, I don't know how you criticize a player when he's playing at his best. And I guess it's just the fan base. I don't know what it is. I guess the last thing I will ask, what's your prediction? What is your prediction for Sunday? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a difficult one. Uh, I, did a, I did a preview on my channel, on my YouTube channel, actually, with, a, with Dom, who's a Napoli fan, uh, at Napoli Talk. So if you're a Napoli fan, make sure you check him out. We did a full, we had a long chat, and uh, I think I predicted a... Uh, a 2-1 victory for Inter because I said I may be going I'm going as a as a positive fan more than realistic I think realistically I think it's going to be another it's going to be a draw but a draw doesn't help Inter once again like Napoli will be happy with a draw just like Milan were in the derby with a draw but Inter need to start clawing back some points Inter need to make a statement now if you want to defend the Scudetto patch on this on the shirt and you know we need that one win in the big match. Finally, I think Inzaghi needs that. Like he, he really needs it. So I'm, I'm going with a positive, two-one victory. Um, I think Skriniar is going to score from a from a set piece and like a header. And I think Lautaro is going to break his long-standing. I think he's been seven matches now. Lautaro's not scored for Inter. So, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to go with El Toro. El Toro scoring one as well. I like Inter in this game for one reason. They're at the San Siro. That's why I like them. Yeah. Um, if it was at the uh, Diego Maradona, blah, 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 such <laughs> whatever you want to call it, Armando. Rest in peace. Yeah. But uh, I, because Inter's home, they're a different team. They're such a different team. I, I think that Atalanta was kind of a setback. It's unfortunate that they tied that game, but. It was a good game between both sides. I thought it was a a, a deserved draw for both sides, the way they both played. Um, very entertaining game. But I just feel like coming off the break, Simone Inzaghi's had – and I know that Spalletti's had two weeks to train too, but I think this really benefits Inzaghi a lot more. Being at home, like I said, um, I can't see Inter dropping point. I, I think – they they've proven they can play with with the with the bigger teams like we said like Napoli we don't know and if and then they struggled lately even though they're unbeaten they struggled against Verona they I think um, I was listening on said yeah sit down I think the only shot they got on target was the goal they scored and that was it they didn't get anything yeah. on target against Palace Verona and incredible they weren't they weren't great against Salernitana as well mm-hmm. no they weren't they weren't so. Koulibaly does come back into this game, so that is a massive boost in their back end. But we'll see how that affects him because he's missed two games. He hasn't played for over a month. Maybe he he, he comes a little rusty. Who knows? But um, what's your score? What's your score prediction then? I'll go three two Inter, just because you said two one. I'll say three two, and you're gonna see some goals, man. Uh, I, 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 there won't be a clean sheet. That that is. My guarantee is that Inter is like Lazio. Right now, you guys can't defend if your life depended on it. For some reason, you guys give up those those one really unfortunate goals where it's preventable. And it's like, how did it happen? It's like a mental collapse. Um, without the Vrij, it will, it will be difficult. But at the end of the day... This is a this is a back end that has enough options to to say hey even though we're missing our best 
we can we have someone else who can pop in like a guy like D'Ambrosio is great to have as an, an option to play on Sunday. Not many teams have that kind of quality, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with three two, and uh, I think I'll end it with this last point here where I saw before, and I'll answer our boy here's point. I want to see Limone try a four man defense. That's never going to happen. I'll end it there because we asked that for five seasons with Lazio and he never shifted from a back three to a back four. Don't expect it to ever happen right now. The only time he did a back four was his first season when he took over for Stefano Pioli because uh, it was a transition year and he stuck with the back four because when he took over, it was too much of a shock, I think, to to transition to a new formation. The following year, he went to a 3-5-2. So... Inzaghi will never go to a back four. Um, sorry, Indra. Sorry, man. I, I, just from experience, I don't see him ever going to a back four. But um, Sharma, thank you for coming on, man. It was uh, great talking. Always great having you on. Where can they find you? Where can they find that beautiful match preview you've done in regards to Inter-Napoli? Yeah, man, uh, you can find me if you type it Uncle Sharma on YouTube and at Sharms on Twitter. And yeah, uh, my uh, preview for the Napoli match is actually not on my channel. It's on the Napoli Talk, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so go check that out on the Napoli Talk on YouTube. And yeah, um, it was a great pleasure to be on with you, Jerry, my guy. Oh, I was have, always great having you on, man. And uh, I'll say... I know you're not on the field on Sunday, but good luck anyways. Um, Forza Inter, eh? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that because then I, everyone's going to think that I'm an Inter fan right away. So. Uh, oh, come on. It's been, it's been like two months since the Lazio match now. We can, we can go back to being an Inter fan. <laughs> no, I'm done, man. Freaking my boy, Felipe Anderson. Guy almost got killed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jerry Mancini. You can get me at jmancini8. Um, you know, I'm always putting out work out there. I'm not going to promote nothing today. But, uh, and you know where to catch Alex Donnell from the Culture Connection as well. Don't ever forget about him at Alex Donnell and our pod at Culture Pod. Um, guys, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure talking and uh, have a great evening, afternoon, Forza Lazio and Enjoy the city out this weekend. Ciao. And as always, Roma Merda.